Welcome to Messy Can't Stop Her, the podcast where we share the stories of women's resilience through chaos, crisis, and the challenges of life. I am your host, Judith Cambia Obatusa, J.K.O. On this episode of Messy Can't Stop Her, we'll be continuing our conversation on domestic violence. Last week, we talked about how we can help in practical ways on the role of the church in changing the trajectory of domestic violence, especially in the Christian community. Moving forward from this episode, we'll be looking at other aspects of domestic violence. Today, I would love for us to actually know what is this thing we call domestic violence or intimate partner abuse or some people call it gender-based violence and spousal abuse. There are many ways people refer to it, but it's all under domestic violence. What is this thing that we call domestic violence? So in this episode, we'll be delving into that. We'll also be looking at data around domestic violence and how important it is for us to to keep talking about it and keep looking out for those around us who may be in those situations. In subsequent episodes, we'll be looking at the impact of domestic violence on the people who are involved and even the collateral damage on the children where there are children. We'll also be looking at the economic impact of domestic violence and how the fight for women's equality is being undermined by domestic violence. So let's just get into it for today. Later on in the episode, I will speak a little bit more about the upcoming plans around this topic. And yes, like I've, I'm always asking, I would really love to 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 hear your thoughts about about this important conversation. I have got some feedback from people regarding some of our episodes. And in that last episode where we really talked about the role of the church, we had a lot of feedback about how important this conversation was. And I just feel led to just keep delving into it a little bit more because many times we use all these words and we don't really even know the real meanings of these words that we use. So I'm going to, first of all, start by looking at what domestic violence is. According to No More, No More is an organization that I have been fortunate to affiliate myself with when I started Broken and Braced, the movement against domestic violence in 2016. They are an organization that seeks to make the world more aware about domestic violence and support that is required. So No More has events, learning opportunities, and a lot of resources that you can take advantage of to learn about domestic violence. So according to No More, Domestic violence is a pattern of behavior used to establish 
power and control over another person through fear and intimidation, often including the threat or use of violence. And that definition, I would like to highlight two things. It's all about power and control. So because it's all about power and control, it's not necessarily always physical. Many times we have, we hear, we get uproars when there's physical violence involved. But in subsequent episodes, be able to look at how there are many other ways that domestic violence destroys people apart from the physical. And actually that the physical could very well be the least amount. Because, for example, emotional abuse, psychological abuse is more rampant than physical abuse. However, we get into that in subsequent episodes. So it's all about power and control. You can establish power and control by manipulating a person's thoughts. So by manipulating a person's thoughts about themselves, about situations, about their relationships, about their abilities, or impoverishing them by making sure they they don't have any means of their own. And even if they worked, they would still not have means. So it's all about power and control or by intimidating them physically using your strength and maybe not even your strength. There's a video that has been shared recently on social media where a woman who is married to a dwarf, she's pretty and tall and the guy, you know, a dwarf, he, he pours water on her, tells her to kneel down and he goes inside the room and gets a belt and begins to belt her. If she wanted to fight back, she could, but there's something about domestic violence that intimidates a person to the point that even where they have the strength, even where they have the strength, they don't fight back. So it's all about power and control. Even though we're going to be talking about the different types of domestic violence in subsequent episodes, I just want to share some of the things that uh, that no more has highlighted as some signs of an abusive relationship. So that if you notice it in your relationship or in the relationship of someone close to you, you will know that this is what is being referred to as domestic violence. So some of the signs of an abusive relationship include exerting strict control, financial, social and or appearance. So the way the person dresses, makeup and all that. Another one is uh, needing constant contact, including excessive texts and calls. Another one is insulting the person in front of other people. Extreme jealousy. When the person, the victim, shows fear around the partner. Isolation from family and friends. Frequent Cancelling of plans at the last minute. Unexplained injuries or explanations that don't quite add up. 
So there's so many, so many ways that people get abused. So because of this, there'll be episodes where I'll be looking at different aspects of domestic violence. I'll also be sharing some resources that one could access in all those episodes to give you more information and maybe to check out where you can go for help. Like I mentioned in the last episode of Mexican Stopper, just a call to a domestic violence shelter to ask questions can give you more information about what you or your friend or family member or work colleague is going through and give you ideas of how you can support yourself or the person who is a victim. So yourself, if you are the victim or your friend, family or work colleague who is a victim. I want to share something that makes this important. She talked about domestic violence last week. Why is she making it the subject of weeks of Mexican stopper? Let me tell you why. According to the World Health Organization, domestic violence is associated with serious short term and lifelong physical, sexual, reproductive, and mental health consequences for women and children. It has significant social and economic costs for communities and nations. Let me give you an example of economic impact. Over 300 billion euros were expended by the European Union to address domestic violence in the year 2020. Can you imagine all the Lives that could have been better supported, programs that could have benefited the countries, but because of domestic violence, that money has to be spent to protect those who are in those situations. There are many other economic impacts, even the impact on the person which we'll be talking about in subsequent episodes. I would like to share some data around domestic violence, some additional data. According to United Nations Women, 26% of women age 15 and older have experienced it. About one out of every four Teenage girls that have been in a relationship have experienced it. If you're a mother here of a daughter, imagine what that means. A 15-year-old girl, your 16-year-old daughter, 
could have experienced it. And the biggest challenge of all, those who experience it hardly tell. In fact, the data tells us that less than 40% of women who experience domestic violence seek help. And many of those that do look to family and friends. If we delve into that a little bit more, we discover that some of that 40% don't report it, don't tell their family and friends when it happens, but they tell them after the fact, maybe months, a long time after. And many times, what can family and friends actually do? The data tells us that less than 10% of those who experience domestic violence, of women and girls who experience domestic violence, report to the police. There was a conversation that was going on and someone mentioned that someone they knew was going through a domestic violence situation. And people were trying to give suggestions on the help. And when the person was offered some of the resources that are available, the person didn't want to take those resources. And the question came up, should we report the spouse, the husband? In this case, this person was an adult. It affects the dignity of the person when you report their experience when they are not ready to leave. Not only dignity, but it could also put their lives in danger. So, even when 40% of victims eventually tell family or friends or tell them immediately, there is that dilemma of how to progress with the information that you receive. So for us to, to help, isn't prevention better than cure? Isn't preventing it better than waiting till it happens? When many times you get the information and it breaks your heart and you are not able to do anything because the person is still in that relationship. person is afraid of the fallout from the relationship. For example, in certain countries, if you're in a domestic violence relationship and it's reported and you don't leave, you are forced to leave. And if you refuse to leave, you could lose your children. So it now creates a domino effect of trauma for both the woman and the children. So you see, there's so many reasons why we want to be aware so that we can prevent it, so that we can teach our daughters the signs of an abusive relationship so they don't get in too deep before they realize that they are in a trap. If you know about fishing or hunting, those who use traps will tell you that Many of the trapped animals are unable to escape. So why wait for us to be plotting the escape of the one already trapped when we could have prevented them from getting trapped in the first place? That's why the next few weeks I'll be talking about the different types of domestic violence and bringing people who have experienced it, share their experience, talking about the impact of domestic violence on people and on the children. I'll also be bringing people like psychotherapists, people who are experts 
to give us more details to help us understand that prevention is the best form of changing what is so bad. And when I say it's so bad, I want to share a few more data about the prevalence of domestic violence globally. In a report by Statista on the number of women that experienced domestic violence in 2020 by region across the globe, 45% of women in Middle East and North Africa experienced domestic violence. 38% of South Asian women experienced domestic violence in 2020. 32% of North American women experienced domestic violence in 2020. And surprise, surprise, Sub-Saharan Africa, 31% of women. Why did I say surprise, surprise for Sub-Saharan Africa? There is a myth in the developed world that we are violent people. And that's why many Blacks, when you talk about racist experiences, especially of young Black male in the U.S., in Canada, the idea is that we are more prone to violence. Domestic violence has nothing to do with where the person comes from. There are other things that are at play. Some data that has been reported show that men who want to put up the persona of manhood, the idea of manhood, want to dominate, are more prone to violence. So that has nothing to do with where the man comes from. So this data is quite surprising because sub-Saharan Africa, is we have less incidents than North America. Latin America and the Caribbean, 27%. East Asia and the Pacific, 23%. Western Europe, 22%. Eastern Europe and Central Asia, 19%. So there you have it. It spans the globe. It's not about developed countries, which is something that we say. We have developed countries in North America. We have developed countries in Europe. And yet, domestic violence is still taking place. And all of them are in double digits. We're talking of the high, close to 20s. Only one, 19%, is below 20 by one point. So, it's a global pandemic. It's the pandemic that we never really gave the attention we've given COVID. In 2020, according to data that I discovered while checking what's up in recent times, 58% of homicides that's targeted women, 58% were because of domestic violence. So more than half of the homicides around the globe reported was domestic violence induced. 
this is why this is an important conversation and this is why I'm sharing it. And this is why for the next couple of weeks, a Mexican stopper will be delving into different parts of domestic violence, what the signs are and how we can help different parts of it. I just want to encourage you to please listen and most especially share because one year at a time, we can change our world. Remember what I said, prevention is better than cure. Preventing young girls, preventing women from falling into the trap is much, 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 much easier than getting them out of the trap. So will you please join me on this journey to prevent women, teenage girls all over the world who have the privilege of listening to this podcast from falling into the trap. You see, Mexican Stopper is about the stories of women's resilience. And in many of the conversations we've had, we keep facing the fact that Domestic violence had beaten someone down. And then when they left the situation, they were able to turn their lives around. We've had several episodes and I will put the links in the show notes. So it's a real challenge. When we share the stories of women's resilience, we can't but talk about something that cuts across many of those stories. Domestic violence. Will you please make a commitment today? to share this episode with at least one person, even the next episode with at least one person, throughout the series with at least one person, so that we, in our tiny little corner of the world, can prevent domestic violence and create awareness about it so that those in it can be set free. If we do this, Together, messy won't stop us. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.